It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 13th, 2018. My name is Phil Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode, we'll have the second half of my conversation with Stephen Cameron of Close Up Magic. We'll talk about Muhammad Bamba and Jonathan Isaac and what to expect from them this coming season as we continue our look at some of the young players on the Magic's rosters. On yesterday's episode, we talked about Melvin Frazier and what and Wessel Wundu in a lot of detail, probably more detail than you'll hear anywhere else about those two players. So definitely go back into the archives and check that out. You can download old episodes of Locked On Magic on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Before we dive into this episode, I want to remind you that you can check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network too. I know I'm getting set with my fantasy football team this week. Had a tough week one, left a guy on the bench I shouldn't have left on the bench, Caused me to lose the game. Had some guys underperform, but I'm really excited about week two. And so I'm getting set with Locked On Fantasy Football experts as well as Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. And on top of that, I'm getting ready for the Jaguars-Patriots game by listening to Locked On Jaguars. There's a Locked On NFL podcast for almost every NFL team, just like there's a Locked On NBA podcast for every NBA team. There's also Locked On MLB podcasts and a growing number of Locked On College podcasts including Locked On Seminoles. I hear you moaning in the back there in Tallahassee. It's been a fun year with Willie Taggart, hasn't it? I guess not. Um, you can check out all those great podcasts by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, iTunes for sure, um, and check out your other podcast providers for more from them. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, But all right, let's get to guys that do kind of have that star gaze in your eye with our last two first-round picks in Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba. I've, I am very excited about this, and this is honestly my personal guy that I am most excited about this upcoming season, even more so than who we drafted this year and who I personally think has the highest ceiling in our entire, in our entire roster, even more so than Aaron Gordon. And that's Jonathan Isaac. Um, I was blown away in those 27 games that I saw him in his, his defensive ability to just, I mean, some of the, he, he was making steals off of really established veterans in the league and turning them into transitional offensive, uh, 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 transitional offense. And it's, I was just so impressed with what he did now. Yeah. He, he had his rookie moments, but Frank Vogel said it once I, I got, I got the quote from you that when he was on the court, he was the best defender the team had. And I just, I love his upside. And then when I saw him start taking, getting more aggressive on the offense side in summer league, when, you know, we saw him trying to take guys off the dribble, maybe a little bit too much, but like just seeing him have that mindset to get that aggression going really just lets me imagine what kind of an amazing two-way player he could be if his offense can continue to develop to, to where I think it can possibly go. What do you think about Jonathan Isaac? What is your overall impression of him on his first year, his summer? Just go ahead. I'm giving you the floor. Honestly, I get angry when I see people talk about last year's draft class. And maybe it's because I'm a Magic fan. I watch this team so closely. But, you know, I know some other people who, you know, also watch Magic closely but aren't Magic fans who say, who, who kind of agree with me on this. Anytime I see a redraft of last year that doesn't have Jonathan Isaac in the, at least in the top 10, I, honestly, I think he's, should be in the top five, um, don't have them that high. I think they're insane. Or they, they just didn't watch it. They just didn't catch the magic when Jonathan Isaac was there. It's, it's it, you know, I think. There was just no media buzz around him. There's no media buzz around him. You know, honestly, like, I talked to fans who were, like, you know, writing off Jonathan Isaac saying he was a bust. And I was like, guys, you don't draft a player for his rookie season. You draft him for five years. And, and yeah, I get it point guard situation is what it is. Maybe Dennis Smith would have been a better fit, especially considering what was available to the magic in the, in the following draft. But Isaac's really, really good. Like, like it's rare. It's, it's really rare that when a rookie is on the floor, you know, he's on the floor. Like, sure. There were a lot of them this year. Donovan Mitchell obviously took over for a playoff team was the best player on a playoff team. Jason Tatum had his moments. You know, Ben Simmons was obviously a big deal. But, you know, we're talking these, all these guys, like Tatum, everyone thinks is a future all-star. Simmons is certainly a future all-star. Mitchell is going to be a future all-star. Those guys 
are the guys, you know, when you feel the presence of a player on the, on the floor, those guys are future all-stars, are future like really key players. And yes, Isaac isn't the offensive player, so maybe he's not all-star material. But when he is on the floor, the Magic are demonstrably a better defensive team. I can rattle off the stats for you. When Isaac was on the floor, the Magic had a 105.1 defensive rating. That's nearly two point. That's nearly two and a half points per possession better than their average. Than their average. And I think they were like 107 without him, with something like five points per possession worse with him off the floor. He had the, uh, I mean, that stat has a lot of noise, but at the same time, it does tell you something. And when you actually watch the games and you watch Isaac on the floor, he was clearly the best defensive player on the floor for the Magic. Right. He was, he was making mistakes and still making an impact defensively, recovering really, really well. He just, I, I don't think I've ever, and this includes Dwight Howard, I don't think I've ever seen a rookie just naturally take to playing defense at the NBA level quite like Jonathan Isaac. And it, it, it is a shame that he was hurt. And it was a completely random injury. It wasn't anything wrong. And, and a, a lot of fans wanted to write him off too because it seemed like he, he got hurt, came back, got hurt again. It, they wanted to write him off because they thought he was injury prone. And, and it was just like, you look, the injury was random. The Magic are being really, really cautious. Maybe they shouldn't be, but they were being really, really cautious with him. But when he was on the floor, like he made such a clear impact. And, and the offensive the offense was just off. He didn't have a good rhythm last year. I think he's just a naturally unselfish guy too. And so the aggression level offensively isn't maybe where you want it to be, which was a criticism of him coming into the draft as well, that, that he kind of faded in the background offensively, even though you saw the talent and ability that he had with the ball in his hands. And it's going to be, a lot of work to coax him to do what he did in summer league and, and play a lot more assertively and aggressively with the ball. Um, but that defense is just, it's, it's, it's real. His, his defensive impact is real. We saw it in summer league was the talk of summer league. This guy I think is going to be really, really good. I, I don't know if he's going to be all-star good. If he, if the offense comes around, he certainly can be. I'm convinced he's going to be an all defensive player team, all defensive team player at some point in his career. Sure. Yeah, I, I and I wouldn't be surprised if that's honestly in the next couple of years. That's how I, impressed I am with him. It's going to be dependent on him playing defense on a a good defensive team and b right. a playoff team. Like that's right, what right, it comes down sure. to. Are people going to actually see him play defense? I, and I I think people would be a lot higher on him if they actually got to see him play. But the yeah oh, yeah he he played a little more than a quarter of the season last year. He played twenty seven games and like and therefore and on a bad team. So it's it's. You know, of course, he's not going to get the same media buzz that all these other really outstanding rookies, uh, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. and Jason Tatum and, and those other guys. Like, of course, they're not going to get the same buzz. But at the same point, yes, those guys were are gifted and talented, but it's also situational. Like, how oh, yeah. would we be talking about Jonathan Isaac if he was the one that got put on the Celtics and had that? all of a sudden open wing position available to him. Like maybe, maybe he'd be a completely, we'd be talking about a completely different player, you know, cause he had certainly, you certainly you stick him, team. you certainly stick him on that Celtics team and let him play defense the way that, that we saw him play defense. Assuming he's healthy. He's, he's in that group. He's in that group of rookies that yeah. everyone is just gushing over. Uh, sure. and I, I'm, I'm convinced of that while he may not have the scoring in the playoffs, everyone would clearly see the kind of impact that he can make. Do you do you think he can get his offense to to at least above average wing player level? 
I think he can. Um, I, I think that, you know, I think last year a lot of his offensive struggles came just because he was out of rhythm, um, you know, just a little bit out of game shape, you know, just didn't have his legs under him. Um, you know, he's, he's, he, they kind of just kind of threw him out there and kept his role very, very simple. And I don't think they wanted him to do much more than that. Um, when he got comfortable, when he, when he got a couple games under his belt, you saw that offense begin to come along and become a little bit more consistent. Um, at, at Florida State, he was a solid offensive player. This guy, it, it wasn't like this guy was scoring two points one night, 20 points the next night. This was a guy that was getting 10, 12, you know, 14, 15 points, points pretty easily, pretty simply. He'll get his points in transition. He'll hit a, he'll hit a three or two uh, per game. Uh, he'll find ways to score. I, I'm confident that he can get those offensive numbers up uh, because he is also a naturally a natural offensive player too. And, you know, with his, again, with his length and his size, he can get his shot up over anyone. It's just about kind of coaxing it out of him to go to say, Hey, go look for your shot, go get yours. And, and I think that that was a problem for him at Florida state. I think that's going to be a problem for him a little bit early on in his career with the magic and summer league was a great chance for him to just to, for him, for them to kind of take the, take the, the leash off and say, go run wild. Just go, just go. It, it, and you could tell, it didn't feel natural to him. You could tell he wanted to pass the ball and wasn't quite as decisive and aggressive as he should have been, but it was so good to see him kind of take that step and try it out. There was a couple of plays where I saw him like, just like a legit take guys off the dribble and try a couple step back threes. And he, he jerked granted, a few people. It was impressive. Yeah. And it like, they, they didn't always work, but the fact that he was doing that was, that was what was awesome for me. Just completely like, okay, maybe we have something here other than just a defensive player. Like he's got work to do, but maybe he can be one of the better two way wing players in the game at some point in time in the future. Maybe, um, maybe I'm just optimizing it too much. I don't know what, I mean, like, like, I mean, here's the thing about that too. Like you don't want to let expectations run too far ahead. Like I'm not expecting the guy to drop 20 points per game this year. You know, he averaged what seven points per game last year. If he can get to, yeah. If he can get to 12, 14, 15 points per game this season, that would be a fantastic season. Even if he's shooting in the low 40s, like around 45%, you know, shooting like 30% from three. It's just about making the progression. It's just about, you know, showing this potential, showing that he can reach this potential. Like, it's good that we're talking about a guy in hyperbole. Now let's just set expectations and get him on that path to, to reach the hyperbole because, you know, as it happens, your floor and your ceiling start to start to come closer as you age. And so Isaac's ceiling is way up here. His floor is still here. Let's get him to that next stage and, and, and see where it takes us from there. If he could, for me, I would be absolutely stoked beyond belief if he could average 12 points a game next. Oh, season. that'd be a great that, season. For that would be phenomenal for me. Uh, With I don't a few think... 25 point games interspersed in there. Like sure. the, I, I don't like... know if he can average 15 next year. Um, That's probably a big step. Partly just because I don't, you know, I think I'm a little bit more reserved on, I I think if healthy, I think we'll see uh, I, or, uh, Ross and Simmons in front of him. I just, I just think so. I don't think that's crazy. Like I, yeah. I've penciled, I've, I'm all, I'm all on board with Jonathan Isaac. I think Isaac should start opening night. I, I think it's just, it's just, he's just too important and too good defensively to leave on the bench. But Steve Clifford is notoriously conservative with young players, both fairly and unfairly sometimes. I think he's going to be very slow with Isaac, um, but I don't think – I think he'll be starting by the quarter mark of the season. Um, I think, again, his defense is just too good to leave him on the bench. Yeah, I – His impact I, is too clear. I'm I'm a little less bullish on, on, on that. I, I 
I still see maybe not till Christmas time. Uh, okay. All star. Um, and that's, but that really just depends on how the team is playing overall. You that's know, fair. if, if the team isn't doing very well, then yeah, quarter of the season, let's go ahead and start trying him up in some spot up starting games. But if the team is like still kind of holding their own, they're still somewhat in conversation of not just already being at the bottom of the barrel, then I see them still being reserved on him and not rushing him into it too much. And, you know, don't change something that's good, essentially, is kind of where I think that Cliff's mind will be at. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Um, And that's why I, uh, I'm just going to transition right into Mobamba right now. And that's why I am really hesitant on, on Mobamba. I see a lot. I, I have mixed feelings about it. I'm I'm really stoked on him. I'm really stoked on him. I I needed a full day and a half to process this pick though, to be honest. And that's just because I know how glaring of a hole we have at playmaking ability. But once I processed the the draft of Mobamba and started doing some more research on him and what we actually got as a player, I'm now stoked beyond belief. But until Vucevic is gone, I you know there's a lot of fans out there that want to see him start right now, and I'm like, no, he's He's seven foot. He's he can't hang with the Andre Drummonds, the Dwight Howards, the 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 really large centers in the world. And you know, you put him up against those guys thirty minutes a game. If he's playing more than twenty five minutes a game this this first you know half of the season, I'm going to be concerned for his health. I don't know. Um, so let's just. I, I what think. What do you think about Mobamba? I mean, I, 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 I am also very much slow playing Mo Bamba. Um, I think he will have a big impact this season. I think he will play a role for this team. But I think the Magic are smart enough to know that we got we to gotta develop him slowly. We can't throw too much at him. We can't, a, again, the health issue I think is a big concern because, yeah, he's gotten bigger. He's worked in the weight room. Uh, but he still has to get bigger. He's still not there physically where he needs to be as a center in the NBA. Big guys um, get injuries at the start of, you know, their yep. earlier their career and, just lingers. And and those linger, exactly. I mean, foot injury, you know, you get a foot injury as a big guy, that's a lot of weight on a foot that's already hurt. That's that, that those things tend to last. You don't want you, you don't want to be kids, you don't want to have kids' gloves on the guy. But like I'm a big believer with, with someone like him who's still very raw, put him in a position to succeed. Right. Starting him right off the bat, especially I mean, you have a veteran like Timothy Mozgov, like let's let's be real. Um, you know, Mozgov is what he is, but he still can contribute something. Um, Vucevic is what he is, but he's still a very productive player. So it's not like the Magic are forced to start Bamba immediately. They have options. They have things and places they can go to. 
Um, they can manage Bamba's minutes and put him in, again, positions to succeed. I think that's the absolute key. You know, I, I think back to Dwight Howard's rookie year. And Dwight Howard was a much more physical player. He could start immediately and play some major minutes immediately. But they told him right off the bat, we're not running any plays for you. Rebound, defend, get putbacks. That's your role. Go do it. Average a double-double. You know, they slowly started expanding his role toward the end of the rookie year. but. They kept his role really, really simple that rookie year, and, and it, I think it really forced him to work on a lot of things that he needed to do to be successful in the league and and set him on a path for success. I, I, I hope that they do the same thing with Bamba. Keep his role really, really simple. Run the floor, work in pick and rolls, you know, defend, defend like we know you can, and, and go from there. Um, I, I keep going back to this thing as a clue to what, the Magic are going to do with Bamba this year. During Summer League, playing in 40-minute games, Mo Bamba averaged fewer than 20 minutes per game. He was playing, I mean, as, as good as he was, as important as he is, they were still playing him less than half of Summer League games. You saw him really hold his own against DeAndre Ayton, but DeAndre Ayton still bullied him around a lot yeah. in that game against the Suns. Um, Bamba is going to need some work, and he's going to need some time, and he's going to need some patience. That doesn't mean he's not going to play. He's going to play. He's going to, again, I think 20 to 25 minutes off the bench. There'll be nights where he starts, especially toward the end of the season, I think. But the Magic are going to be very, very careful and cautious with with him. Again, I think they're going to keep his role very simplistic. They're going to put him in a position to succeed and and make sure that he does succeed and gain confidence and then slowly grow his role, hopefully in the next season or hopefully by the end of the season. If he proves himself ready to do more, he'll get more to do. But at least at the very beginning of the season, he's going to be coming off the bench. It's going to be a very, very slow buildup for him until he proves that he's ready to take on more. So we're, we're starting to run out of time here. So in a nutshell, for the people that don't know and don't watch college basketball, because I, I am one of those guys. I basically only start learning about the college players right as draft is coming up, if the magic are relevant in it. Um, in a nutshell, real quick, what, what is Mo Bamba's game like? What, what is he going to bring? Um, he's very big. I don't know if you've heard heard that. Um, the, the seven foot ten wingspan is real. He he averaged nearly four blocks per game at Texas. Um, he is a presence in the paint. Uh, he's a natural shot blocker. Um, he's he's a lot more mobile and agile than than you would think for a player of his size and length. Um, usually you see those seven footers with the long gangly arms, and they're not very athletic. That's not Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba is very very athletic. He runs very fluidly. Um, he can get end to end very quickly. Um, but Offensive game is still very rudimentary. I'm not going to have a lot of dribble moves, not going to have a lot of post moves. A lot of his game worked in pick and rolls and pick and pops, which is kind of what NBA asks of centers now anyways. Um, Obviously, he's improved a lot on his three-point shot. I kind of thought at Texas he settled a little bit too much on his jumper. He fell in love with his jumper a little bit too much. Um, Some of that maybe he didn't want to get physical because, you know, he he is kind of a thin dude and he can't take the pounding as much quite yet. Um, So – you know, I think that's probably something we're going to see carry over, especially now that he can stretch out to the three-point line. He might become a little too three-point happy. Um, but this is a guy that I think fits exactly what the Magic want to be. Athletic, long, um, you know, multi-positional, defensive-minded. That's who the Magic want to be. And I think Bamba is a great centerpiece uh, to, to have in that kind of idea for, for, the, for the franchise. And – Okay, so we have time for about one more question and, you know, obviously all the good plugs at the end. Um, But the last question that I want to ask is, real quick, 
is it possible for Bamba, AG, and Isaac to all play together? Does one I, of those guys can, can I mean, we are in a very switching position in this type basketball, but can AG or Isaac play enough offense to really fill a three role? It, too much length? Is that even a thing? Go ahead. <laughs> defensively, they absolutely can. I, I think that that they'll be a really tough team to crack defensively when they're all when all three are in the game. And I, I'm excited to look at those on-off numbers when they start pouring in once the season begins. Um, offensively. They've got to develop with. Uh, they've uh, at least Gordon or Isaac have to develop a consistent three point shot, and and certainly the guards have to be good three point shooters just to spread the floor. Um, I think that I'm I'm someone that believes the Aaron Gordon at small forward position wasn't quite the disaster everyone paints it out to be. Um, I think kind of like Victor Oladipo at point guard, it gave him a lot of valuable skills that helped him grow as a player, even if they didn't work so much on the court. Um. I think that Gordon now is a much better shooter than he was when he played small forward offensively. And so while I think speed-wise, uh, he's still better playing the four, there really isn't much of a um, – they're really the same position. It's really more about who's – can Gordon and Isaac develop as shooters fast enough to, to give each other the space to operate? Can they develop as ball handlers and attackers and drivers to take advantage of whoever the weaker defender is and whoever's guarding them? Um, and then, you know, can the Magic provide them the support they need to give the give them that space that, that they have to grow? Um, it, it's going to be a little bit of a process for sure. It, it's But it's going to come down to whether the Magic have enough shooting to spread the floor out enough to give them the space to operate. And, and, and I, if, if that happens, and that includes... Gordon and Isaac becoming better shooters and, and even Bamba becoming a better shooter. If that happens, it certainly can work. And it's a lot of ifs, obviously. Sure. Uh, but we've seen Gordon get better as a three-point shooter. I think Isaac will show some improvement as a three-point shooter. You know, we'll see what happens with that point guard position. But certainly I think that there is the foundation for something. Yeah, I kind of I kind of in agreement with you with with how how they can fit together offensively. It's it's very positionless. I I think I think defensively, Gordon's a bigger dude. He can handle guarding the bigger power forwards in the league where Isaac can guard the wings a little bit quicker. And but then offensively, they can just they can swap if, if needed to. If Gordon develops into the stronger shooter, they can they can just kind of handle transition, but also just take up matchup dependent. Um I I, I think there is a universe where that's gonna where that could work and it could work very well, but you know, we didn't really, we're not really talking about the veterans too much, but if it doesn't, AG's on a great contract that we can, you know, we can turn into a great asset in another way. So, well, Philip, any last thoughts before I thank you and uh, plug you and let you do your, your closing spiel? Uh, I don't have much else to say. I think we, I think we covered Wessel Wonder and Melvin Frazier about as well as any place on the internet. So yeah. I'm very proud of that because I, I like covering those guys as much as the big guys. I think it was needed for sure. I, I, I wanted to get this in for a while. I've, I've had this idea of covering the, the young guys for the last couple of weeks. And I was like, who, who, who else would get excited about Wessel Wundu and Melvin Frazier? I know Philip. Well, I want to reach out to him. Well, Philip, I just want to really thank you for jumping and taking some time and joining the show today. Um, can you just tell everyone where to, if they don't already know who you are, which they should at this point, if they're listening to my show, 
let everyone know where they can find you and also about uh, the Orlando uh, Orlando Magic Daily website. Yeah, um, Orlando Magic Daily. I'll start with Orlando Magic Daily. OrlandoMagicDaily.com is is your source for Orlando Magic news and analysis. Um, we cover the Magic uh, daily, obviously, um, with with uh, you know kind of longer form articles, really breaking down the team. So if you're really into the Orlando Magic, um, and even if you're not really into the Orlando Magic, and and just want to learn more about the team, uh, I, I think that's the place to go. So definitely check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Um, you can follow the website on Twitter at omagicdaily. You can follow me on Twitter at philipr underscore omd. And of course, um, if you prefer podcast form of 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 the this kind of hard hitting analysis, uh, you can check me out on Locked On Magic. I'm the host of Locked On Magic as well. Um, so find Locked On Magic on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. Yes, perfect. I love it. Hearing you say that that last little bit about the podcast just put a smile on my face. Cause I, I hear it five days a week. I am a locked on magic podcast listener daily. And I, I hear the, the, the podcast locations in that <laughs> order and just hearing that live was just it made me smile. It's fun. I, I like, I, I really enjoyed turning that phrase when I started doing that. It was just like, I, I don't know where else it's going to be. This is where, this is where it gets posted now, but it, it's, it's everywhere. You can find everywhere. it. Just, just yeah. find it. Just search it. You'll find it. Well, Philip, thanks again for coming on. I hope we can get you on later on in the season to discuss more, hopefully positive things about the magic and not a negative trajectory season. And uh, yeah, thanks again. I hope you have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. No problem. My thanks once again to Stephen Cameron for having me on his show, Close Up Magic. That show will actually air Friday on Nothing But Net Radio. Uh, his show is every Friday on Nothing But Net Radio at 2 a.m. It's kind of a weird time. He's actually on the Stephen's actually on the West Coast, but you can also listen to his podcast by searching on iTunes at Close Up Magic. You can follow him on Twitter as well at the Close Up Magic. Definitely give his podcast a check. Uh, Chuck, he talks to uh, writers like me, like Keith Smith of Real GM, who's been on this show uh, plenty of times as well. But he also talks to a lot of fans. He gets a lot of different perspectives on the magic. Definitely a podcast worth your download and listen as well. You can, of course, find me, and I'm going to say it again. You can find me on Twitter at LockedOnMagic. Well, like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including our continuing look at player outlooks, we'll be getting into... Uh, the Sports Illustrated Top 100 as well on Thursday. Check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Lots to get to as the season gets closer and closer, and we hope you'll be tuned in here to Locked On Magic for all of it. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast, once again, on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Reich. For, until next time... I'll see you all again for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.